Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Grecian's Gossip. I'm Stuart James and joining me today are Dan Clark and Jamie Hawkins. Hi guys. Hi. Uh, so then, chaps, uh, two games in the past week, uh, starting with Port Vale. Obviously, real heartbreak for City with the goal coming seven minutes into a total of nine minutes of stoppage time. Um, do you see that as a point gained or two drops? Start with you, Jamie. Um, well, I think when you're in that position going into injury time to be leading the game and then um, conceding right at the death in, what was it, the seventh minute of, of out of time, um, it's obviously going to be disappointing. Um, Obviously, I wasn't at the game, so I only had the highlights to go on. But it seemed like you know City had good chances, Paul Vera chances as well. Of course, hitting the the post and the crossbar. But um, I don't know. They always say, don't they, if you can draw your away games and win your home games, you'll do well. But um, I think you know Matt Taylor will be bitterly disappointed that his side can you know hold out in the end. Or albeit, you know the the game should have probably stopped by the time the goal went in but yeah. um, obviously it, it keeps the run going um, and um, yeah I, think, I don't know as disappointing it is I think you know it's always going to be a tough place to go to it's a long trip um, so yeah point's not a disastrous result but obviously disappointing to concede right you know at the death yeah and it kept the unbeaten run going didn't it Dan we was it at the time it was uh, four wins and a draw in five games yeah I mean you, you, I think you've got to be you probably would have taken the point at the start of the game but when you're, you're in the 96th minute and you're winning it's probably you know it feels like you've dropped points there but it's you know it's the kind of game you just got to go out you know you've got to go there get a result it's not the you know it's okay, it's another point it keeps you sort of you know up, up at the top of the table keeps the unbeaten run going and just you know they bounced back incredibly well from those three defeats in a row to haven't haven't lost since, and they're just picking up you know picking up points and draws, the occasional draw, a lot of wins, and it all seems to to be going quite well so far. And, and you know, I think you'd have, everyone would have taken you know this situation where they are at the minute in you know eleven games gone, and you're you're in the not only you're in the top three, but actually you can afford you know afford a defeat, and you're still in the top three. Yeah. So they've made the you know a very good start to, to the season under the new manager absolutely and as you touched on there Jamie um, five minutes of stoppage time were displayed the goal came on seven and he, the referee went on to play another another two minutes afterwards you say you weren't at the game which is a shame really because you would you would probably have the same sort of view as ourselves in, in trying to work out where this stoppage time's come from but I, I guess it sums up the Frustration of the standard of refereeing at this level, really, it's it's not the best, is it? No, I think we can <laughs> we can moan to the cows come home about the, the standard yeah. of refereeing in in, in League Two. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Stu, you were out of the game. I mean, no idea where it came from. Then no injuries. Or, or not at all. At I all. mean, there was there was a free kick that Port Vale had on the edge of their box um, after Archie Collins had given away a free kick. 
and um, the referee did spend a little bit of time in sort of you know lining up getting the spray out doing the 10 yards all that type of thing but it, it wasn't too it certainly wasn't two minutes and you know as I say he went on to play nine minutes in total the strange thing was the referee actually had his whistle to his mouth as Paul Vale got the corner for the goal so it looks as though he was going to blow for full time didn't mm. allowed the corner to be taken from which they scored and it was almost as though he thought oh god I've got to play you know give Exeter another chance to go and get a winner because so if, corner, made a mistake. if they didn't get a corner then he might have yeah I think he would have blown for, blown for full time anyway but I suppose it's always, they always it's always a minimum of five minutes it is well. yeah. so whether we want to add on five minutes and 59 seconds and then mm. but then it should another, have been six and, and, then another, and then another 20 seconds of stoppage during the game yeah. took you into that seventh minute possibly but it did you know it's sort of you can see the occasional you know it goes on by an extra 30 seconds or so but yeah. you know, to add five on and then to be to play nine I can't imagine you know the, the goal celebrations took two minutes no. out of the game and, the, and then there was still time for something to happen afterwards yeah well I mean, City nearly won it of course with Nicky Law there was a cross put in from Dino and, and Nicky Lawson ahead of just White so I mean you know if that goal had gone in it would have been interesting to have heard what Notts County's yeah. uh, what Port Vale's views were on, yeah. on the goal yeah. that said though um, I thought the lads really took their frustrations out on Stevenage on Tuesday night that was a game that all three of us were at um, Matt Taylor came out afterwards and felt that the first half was the best performance of the season so far along with um, Cheltenham's second half. Is that something you'd you'd agree with? Yeah, I mean, obviously they got out of the trap straight away. Stockley hitting the bar within the first 40 seconds or something like that. I don't know if, it was, if he meant it as much. It might have come across as a bit of a cross. But, um, yeah, obviously the intentions were there. We attacked so, so well in the, in the first half, obviously. You know, maybe shooting towards the big bank helped them um, a bit. Um, I thought... Nicky Law was outstanding once again. He's doing really, really well on that left wing. Him and Moxie are forming a really good partnership there. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously had more chances to win. It was The goal was one of the scrappiest <laughs> goals you see. How fought and then Stockley both managed to miss. Stockley hitting the, you know, a shot in an open goal onto the bar. And then when Moxie... Smashed it, thought it was going to go straight into the big bank, but luckily it. <laughs> you were went, ducking for cover, were you? <laughs> yeah, luckily it went into the roof of the net. But um, yeah, it was a good performance in the first half. The Cheltenham second half was fantastic. I mean, yeah. you said, you know, after going down at half time, I never really felt that you were going to lose the game. I always thought you going to be in control of that game. But um, yeah, it was kind of frustrating in the second half because it just seemed to sort of tire, perhaps. Um, Although Stevenage were very, very poor, how on earth, how on earth, sorry, they were fourth in the league going into that game and the finishing was awful. I don't think mm. they had a shot on target, did they? Did no, well, according to the stats, Christy didn't have a, oh, they didn't have a shot on target. Yeah. I don't remember Christy having much to do, so. Yeah, they had promising build-up play and then the finishing, especially from Alex Ravel, such an experienced striker, we expected a bit better from him. But no, overall, it was a, a good performance. Um, even though it was only one 0 and a dangerous scoreline, of course, never really felt, you know, that the result was was in doubt really, given how poor Stevenage mm. were going forward. But um, yeah, it's a dangerous scoreline, but it just shows how good the the defenders are and resolute and grinding out results. It's you know what you need to do sometimes. Indeed, is that how you saw it, Dan? Yeah, I, I, would, I think he's, I wouldn't say it was the best of the performance of the season. I think he's 
perhaps over exaggerating a little bit there. I mean, I think it was a good performance, but it just sort of the game just sort of never really got going. I didn't think it to the extent that it was sort of. I mean, Exeter they were good going forward. They had plenty of pace and. You know, they attacked for about the first 10 minutes. It was a really lively start. And then the game just sort of drifted until getting up towards half-time a little bit. And they were creating these sort of half-chances without anything, you know, really happening. That you know, The goal is a bit of a scrappy goal that, you know, you know can't quite sure. You know, obviously something had gone on there that Stevenage players were very unhappy about given they surrounded the referee afterwards and about it. And then the second half, it just sort of... You know, Stevenage had an awful lot of the ball, but they seemed to get into a good position, and then he got a simple pass forward. But said someone turns back inside, away from goal, and you know lost countless times. They'd have the ball inside Exeter's half, and thirty seconds later, it'd be back to the centre halves and the goalkeeper, and it was, you know, it's a nice possession retention, but they never no, really, there was no catching no, it at all. No, there was, it was a you sort of I think, and you could tell by you know the fans as well they were getting very frustrated with what they were doing because you know they'd, they'd be in a, a half decent position which you know one good ball or one good bit of skill and they're almost in on goal and instead they just go backwards and back to the defence and I then I, start again and it was you kind of felt they were playing like they were 1-0 up rather than 1-0 down and it actually meant it was quite comfortable for Exeter mm. just to just to keep their shape and you know they didn't really ever you know, other than one little mistake at the back when Revell got in behind, you know, Kroll and, and Martin hit over the bar. That was about the only opportunity they even created. In the yeah, it's, half, it's, let alone, you know, there was no onslaught on the goal at all. No, it's interesting. You you make a good point there actually because I felt that they played in that way where it almost seemed as though they were they were one nil up. And when you look at the first booking for the fullback, mm. it was booked for kicking the ball away. Mm. You know yeah. why would you do that when you when you're a goal behind? But um, you know when when he got sent off, I think that was pretty much game over. I take the point in what you say. What I would say though, and Jamie touched on it a minute ago as well, is is the defence and how well City are defending at the moment. I mean, you know, not just the back four, but you get Nicky Law and, and Holmesy. They were tucking in as well. So there were times when you looked at Stevenage attacking, and City almost had like a back six. Mm. And yet, you know, then by no means a, a sort of defensive side. That's just when they don't have the ball. People are sitting in, filling the holes, and I think Stephen has just found it too difficult to break City down. Yeah, I've been really impressed with City's defence lately. I think myself and quite a few were quite concerned when Troy Brown, obviously his injury, he's going to be out for for quite a while. But big fan of Luke Kroll. Said it before. Um, he keeps seeming to improve every game he plays he's forming a really good partnership with Aaron Martin who's equally been as impressive since arriving here um, but I do like that sort of defender just no nonsense yeah. clearly aligns um, and obviously Sweeney who's been absolutely outstanding obviously nominated for, for player of the month for League 2 as well of course um, and Moxie seems to have really asserted that left back position um, you know obviously he had a bit of a tricky start because he was sort of shafted out onto the left wing and um, he, he struggled with that but forming a really good back four now and, and Pim commanding the, the defence well he's such a good sort of speaker in goal you can hear him from the big band shout as his defence and if they make a mistake he'll, he'll let them know you know um, so yeah like you said it's good to see players tracking back as well because 
Sweeney's one of them. Obviously, he likes to get forward a lot, makes a lot of runs. But um, and so does Moxie as well. You yeah, know, both fullbacks were overlapping, weren't they? On yeah. Tuesday. So it's good to see, like I said, the likes of Law and, and Holmes tracking back. And we sort of near that in the way because obviously Tilson was um, on the bench and he's that player who sort of sits in front and, and sweeps things up. So he needed that um, sort of cover. But no, really impressed with with the defence so far. Yeah. Um, we can't sort of talk about the game without speaking about the incident that happened around the 15 minute mark of course and the Exeter fan that suffered a cardiac arrest uh, Jamie you're in the Big Bang you probably got the best view of, of any of us really because both Dan and I were at the other end of the IP office stand all very distressing to see what, what happened but um, it sounds as though fingers crossed he's um, he was taken off to hospital and they did get a pulse yeah um yeah, obviously, like I said, I was in the big bank and I think the ball just sort of went out of play and just having to look in the the main stand and saw a few um, stewards and, and paramedics around um, an area of the stand and um, that caught everyone's attention and very quickly um, it was clear to see that something was, was not right. Um, and, you know, obviously, eventually after a few chants from the crowd and... I think Matt Taylor must have said something to the fourth official to, to stop the game and could see an ambulance trying to sort of get in from the away end and I don't know if it's the same one or a different one that was trying to get in from the uh, the big bank side and um, obviously credit to the emergency services because they got in so so quickly mm -hmm. to, to, to see to him and escort him out of the, the stadium and um, yeah obviously a very distressing time and um, for, for him and um, yeah just hope that you know he pulls through and thoughts of him and, and, and the family yeah absolutely and I think you sort of speak for everyone there when you say you know best wishes from everyone mm -hmm. here at Devon Live to you that supporter and we hope we to uh, see him back at St James's Park very very soon um, back to the football then guys uh, quarter of the way through the season now with or pretty much quarter of the way through with 11 games played what are your thoughts so far Dan I mean it's hard to yeah, I think you know, second in the table is, you know, you couldn't really ask for much more, really. You could think? be top. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, it could be top, I suppose. But I think a lot of people we've seen that you know, Lincoln are top of the table. See, they lost on mm. on Tuesday night, but I think lots of clubs have seen Lincoln and look at the squad they have and the players they have, and they might not be very likable, and you might not want to actually watch them, but they're going to win that league, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, they're or they should win the league. They've got it's just too much quality. You know, they don't they're often try and, always try and use it, and they try and you know, kill games, but when they want to, they are a better side than I think anybody else in the division. But you, you sort of look, you can't really complain, you know, second in the table, obviously, they, they had that bad week where they, you know, lost to MK Dons, lost to Fulham, and then lost to Lincoln as well but they bounced back from that well and I think you know he sort of seems to be going you know quite well under under Matt Taylor I mean we're, we're little, you know I'm sure perhaps at the start of the season how he was going to line up and you know sort of he's saying he's going to play attacking football and we looked at I think some of the sides he's put out thinking okay he's, he, that's quite an attacking lineup, but it's just about worked so far you know the signings they look to have been, you know, positive signings. I mean, it's hard, you know, particularly as we're going to say, you know, the likes of Aaron Martin, centre back. There may have been a couple of doubts about him, you know, his injury record, but he's, you know, slotted in incredibly well. Nicky Law, you know, looks. Uh, you kind of wonder how on earth he's playing in League Two and what, you know, the 
and what the hell they happened to for nobody else to come in for him because he looks far too good. But this way, Jonathan Fort looks a, a far better player than I think any of us were expecting when he came in. So the signings have, have worked as well. And you know, I, I think at this stage you've got to be looking, as we sort of said the last couple of seasons, as playoff minimum really because the, you know there's not a again it's not a massively high quality division you wouldn't there's not sort of 10 teams you think would be putting in the promotion race there's probably you know four or five teams battling over the top three and then another you know four or five to try and sneak into the playoffs but and what we've seen so far is I think Exeter probably are one of you know the best four or five teams in this division and that's where they've got to be looking to to aim and to try and finish Jamie what's impressed you with City so far um, I don't think there was any doubt about the quality of the squad. As Daniel said, the signings that Matt Taylor made in the summer have been superb so far. You know, players like Nicky Long dropping down a league, um, which surprised a few. Lee Martin as well, so much experience. And I don't know, it's just the whole uncertainty going into the season with a new manager. It's his first job, no one knew how on earth he was going to do. I don't think many of you had said. You know, to them in the summer, going into October second in the league. I don't think many would have believed that, really. Um, but I, I, yeah, there's so much positivity around at the moment. Um, Matt Taylor's coming across ever so well. Um, I think we can all, you know, agree he's coming across well when, when he speaks to the press. He's so honest, like he was over the summer. You know, in terms of his transfer targets, saying who he wants, what position, and. Um, players are just doing so well you know like I just said the defence is so strong now obviously you know we had times the last couple of years when say Jordan Montella Troy Brown were injured you're thinking oh no when you've got Danny Seaman Troy Oxford-Hamville but I think the most impressive thing for me is the how strong the squad is you know you look at the bench as well the players you've got to bring on um, especially the the quick pacey players which City have lacked recently so you've got Tristan Abrahams and the, uh, the Brentford Loney as well and Matt Jay all quick players and you're not going to say his name <laughs> no um, but um, yeah it's just so so impressive and just on League 2 overall it's just been a typical League 2 season so far isn't it anyone could beat anyone going into Tuesday night Newport second in the league on a negative goal yeah. difference having lost 6-0 at home to Yeovil recently um, and then they were held by Macclesfield I think bottom of the league on, on Tuesday as well so it's just such a brilliant unpredictable frustrating league I suppose at yeah. times and um, yeah it's all it's all looking good for Exeter at the moment Do you think there's the Exeter fans I mean you know, you, you're a big fan of regular Jamie, it's probably one for you really. Um, do you think they've kind of got their love for the club back again? I mean, towards the end of the Tearsdale era, City were efficient, they were digging out wins, invariably it was 1-0. But this season, I know we won 1-0 on Tuesday, but you know, with the full-backs bombing on and this sort of attacking philosophy that Matt Taylor has, has introduced, it, it, it's certainly far more enjoyable this season, I think, than it has been in recent years. Is that something you kind of feel on the big bank? Yeah, I agree, definitely. The the atmosphere every game really has been been great. I mean the the Lincoln result obviously wasn't a, a good result or a, a great performance. Lincoln were just a better team. But um yeah, I, I know what you mean. You know, the crowd getting right behind the players, um, even when things aren't going particularly well and you know, turning those performances into to good results. 
Um, you know, there's so much to, to say about the positivity. I think the substitutions that Taylor makes sometimes and his switching tactics so positive, you know, that he can bring players on that, um, you know, perhaps under Tisdale he'd bring someone on to sort of hold on and, and see the game. But Taylor's made those changes to go on and kill the game to get that second goal. And, um, yeah, it's just so so positive at the moment. And obviously, you know, excitement's going to grow with the new stand, which looks fantastic in the away end. It's only, what, a couple of weeks to go now until that opens for the Forest Green game. So hopefully, you know, we we'll get a big crowd for that. I think a few mentioned on, on Tuesday night about the attendance, 3,600. And yeah. some are saying, is that disappointing? But midweek's always going to be lower. Obviously, you've got the new i follow yeah. service which you can watch at home in the Champions League and I don't know I think I thought it was quite a good crowd yeah it was Tuesday night but my point was that might not have been as high under Tisdale in a way because yeah. I think we saw midweek crowds really really dropping dropping sorry to below 3,000 and I guess it just shows how well the team are doing and how much the fans are, are behind the team and, and Matt Taylor at the moment because like you said we didn't perhaps see that at, at times the last couple of years yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, six signings made in the summer. Um, just quickly then, here, one name, one signing, who's impressed you most? Uh, I think you've got to say Nicky Law has been the, the best of the signings so far. He just looks far too good for the, this division and, and the club. And you kind of hope he's got he's tied down on a two or three year deal because otherwise there's going to be clubs wanting to, to take him off Exeter's hands because he shouldn't be playing in League 2 next season. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, Jamie? Yeah, Nicky Law. Um, this nickname, the crab, that Bradford fans came yeah. up. I have no idea yeah. what that's all about. Um, but yeah, he's just been absolutely fantastic. He's made some great runs, scored a few goals as well. Um, and yeah, like Daniel said, let's just hope we can keep him and that he doesn't you know, get a, an injury or anything because he's going to be such a crucial player. Um, what about you, Stu? Aaron Martin for me. I, I agree and totally get where you're coming from with Nicky Law. I think he's been brilliant. But I just feel, uh, having lost the two Jordans in the summer, and I think you know that probably would have been Matt Taylor's first choice centre-back partnership. Jordan Story and Jordan Moore Taylor had you know, circumstances not being as they were. But um, to get Aaron Martin to come in and he, his level of consistency, every single game for me, he's been a sort of 7, 8 out of 10. I think he's been... Absolutely fantastic signing, and I always think a good successful team is always built around a solid defence. And he's come in and is certainly the sort of main man in that back line. Yeah, you need that so, experience. Absolutely, yeah. I, got think, I think the partnership, him and Kroll, they just complement each other yeah, so well, don't they? Yeah, I think it's the first time for a long time Luke Kroll's had a he's had a run in the team, yeah. and you sort of can see why he was still on a Premier League club's book at the you know only a couple of years ago, and. You know, sort of, you know, putting together consistent performances together now, and sort of alongside Martin, who's sort of the old-fashioned, you know, get the ball and just smash it out of play and touch. And Kroll's got a little bit more you know, about him with possession-wise and can, can build from the back. It seems to be, you know, they look like you know the kind of centre-back partnership you'd be building with yeah. you know, the two kinds of players. And obviously, you know, it, you know they seem to have you know, cut out the defence any kind of errors and mistakes in the game so they've you know, got a, a good way to build from the back at the moment absolutely and long may it continue um, 
So on to Yeovil on Saturday then. Uh, speaking to Matt, it's quite interesting actually. I spoke to Dean Moxie after the game on Tuesday and, and Dino said Matt was already talking about Yeovil and reminding the players it had been three years since, we, since we'd beaten the Glovers. So um, why, why do we struggle with Yeovil? I don't know. It's, it's a strange one because no disrespect to Yeovil but they haven't been you know, performing particularly well in the league over the last sort of couple of years. They always tend to be a bottom half side and sort of flirting with relegation at times yeah um last season i went to it and it just brought back nightmares of that lloyd <laughs> well, james pass oh god um, yeah <laughs> but yeah it's an interesting one because like i said in those games you haven't you know played particularly well it's just been more city playing mm. really really poorly so i don't know it's an interesting one because city obviously the last couple of years getting to, to wembley playing pretty well um it's an interesting one. Um, I can't put my can't, finger can't on it, really. It. Yeah, it's a strange one, because yeah. it's, it's not like... one of those teams, I suppose. And I, I remember that game up at Hewish Park as well, just before Christmas last year, and we were, we were dreadful that day. Yeah, because City got back into that game, and then, yeah. and then nearly City straight away, yeah, gave the game away. So yeah. And even at home, I mean, you probably remember the game at home, Dan. We, we battered them, really, and should have won the game. Jaden missed a great chance in the last minute, and... We ended up yeah. drawing nil now. They've just had this sort of weird record against the sort of, you know, obviously you've played them quite a lot in, in recent times, obviously a few games in, you know, the Checker Trade Trophy as well, and they've just sort of, you can't quite, you know, you look at it and you think man for man, extra are better across the pitch, they're higher in the league, they're better form, and it just doesn't happen against them, whether it's, like, you know, sort of is a local derby, so to speak, so, you know, location-wise rather than sort of any kind of history, but between the two clubs and you know you, you can't think it's a precious situation of a this is the, the local game so you're going to struggle against them but it's a, it is a pretty you know horrible record you know sort of if you get you know obviously it's got to be you know obviously they won on penalties up there in the Czech trade trophy this season but you've probably got to be going back three or four seasons probably actually you know three seasons or so before actually beating them yeah in a game and it just doesn't there's no real reason you can think as to as to why it would happen, but you know, Exeter have had these, you know, you have these sort of weird things with the Cheltenham stat. Yeah. Weird when they lost them at nine in a row and then drew one and have won seven in a row since. <laughs> so you sort of, you know, so some of these games it just doesn't make any any sense. But the oval, they're a side again that they're very unpredictable as to what they're doing. They sort of at the start of the season, I think a lot of people thought they'd be you know, bottom half of the table and then had a a good start obviously they put six past Newport and yeah. I think they've lost a, you know lost to every game since by two or three goals so it's sort of you then, never quite know what you're going to get with them and that's a, maybe that's part of the, the you know the problem that you know because nobody had can knows what standard Yeovil really are and you know how they're going to actually perform on the day it's very difficult to to quite prepare for them yeah, they're an interesting club, Yeovil. I mean, they've got a few key injuries at the moment with uh, the centre-half, Swamney. I think he's going to be out and a couple of uh, strikers out as well. But they always just seem to have like half a team of low knees, don't they? they I mean, I think they've got six on the books yeah. this season. You can only play five, of course. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. What are your predictions then, guys? Oof, I think Exeter will win. Um, I'm going to go for 3-1. 3-1 well there we go I'm going to go for, for a 1-0 Exeter win yeah I, I think City win I'll go for 2-0 then so we're all uh, 
banking on an away win this weekend. Right, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Jamie, Dan, thanks ever so much for joining me on the podcast, and we'll be back again with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.